0: Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Mr. Radio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria
1: Repan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Repan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, I read an article on NewYorkTimes.com dot com about the future of media. You may have caught it as well. And the bottom line is, according to Mister Feiner, is the future of media looks a lot like it does today, only you know slightly different. Um, what was interesting is he was looking at um, a recent study by Cisco Systems, they're a provider of networking equipment, and. It says, by 2017, revenue in the media industry could do anything from, quote, drink sly uh, to more than double, and that's only four years from now, unquote. So uh, media is still highly relevant, although we know that, uh, aspects of media, maybe not so much. Newspaper business continues to be quite a uh, conflicting business to be in. Uh, the recording industry has been seeing uh, a decade of decline, but According to this article, at least, has been showing its first revenue growth in the last year. And we know that TV has remained fragmented. And it has over the last 20 years as we've had more and more channels pop up on our dial. But now what we're finding is a lot of people aren't watching TV at all. In fact, they're watching their, their screen, their their mobile phone or their laptop, and they're using on-demand services like Netflix. So we may see TV have some of the same issues that we've been seeing um, the newspapers kind of, kind of have to deal with. But in general, what we're seeing this technology will continue to expand, and also continue to get cheaper. And uh, Samsung, for example, is looking to bring out the next big thing. There, there's always a battle over that between Apple and Samsung. And, in fact, they're introduced a watch that links to its smartphones. Apple's apparently working on a similar device. Lower-cost smartphones are bringing the Internet to bigger audiences. According to the International Telecommunications Union, 2.7 billion people are currently connected, and that's 2.7 a global population of just over seven billion people. Almost, almost half. That's pretty amazing and it will continue to get larger. And that brings forth the next opportunity, which is areas of translation. Up until now, language has been a barrier. We know English has been pervasive. We know Chinese-speaking Internet users are on the verge of overtaking English-speaking Internet users. All of this is changing what's going on in the digital landscape, and according to future watchers, Um, Translation, real-time translation is going to change things pretty dramatically, momentarily, Um, whether you video that you're consuming or text that you're reading, you will be able to get um, in real-time translation. Anything that has to do with technology, accessories are a hot commodity as well. Uh, Trend watchers are looking at Asia where the Tokyo youth culture is driving a lot of the trends, and apparently the external battery pack is a hip and cool thing. So just keep in mind that technology, yes, it's a change in it. Uh, the future, according to this article, is already here. It's just more of the next happening very, very soon in a household or a laptop. you? Our personal profile today is a target trendsetter. She's certainly tied to her mobile phone. There's more than a million of these women out there an income of $90,000, average age of about 40. A third of them are college grads. A quarter of them are homemakers. They consider themselves to be entrepreneurial and hopeful. Uh, they're always looking for a deal, by the way. These are women that um, are shopping a lot in retail and online. They're they're Bought into stores based on coupons and deep discounts. They're always looking for the next and greatest thing. They're not brand loyal either, so they can be bought. Um, And they're very focused on money because it's in short supply. So that's one of the reasons that they're looking for a deal. They don't like the idea of being in debt either. They're shopping mm. at Land's Inn, All Navy, Gap, uh, Nine West, and Coles. They're driving Volkswagen, Honda, GMC, and Chrysler. And she's reading a ton of parenting magazines. So if you're trying to intersect with the Target trendsetter, you can find her reading parenting and family fun, women's general interest publications like Real Simple, Redbook, and First for Women. She's online a lot. You can imagine the sites like Disney, MSNBC, and Nickelodeon, um, and she's watching a lot of television. Cable is very big with her. HGTV, Disney, Nick, um, and E! and Lifetime are all very, very big. Well, speaking of TV, my guest for today knows a lot about women as they're portrayed in film and TV. Madeline Dinono is the executive director of the John Davis Institute and its programming R.C. chain. The Institute has been working in the last 10 years to help reveal the long-standing epidemic of gender inequality and stereotyping of women in film and television, Denona herself has been focused on dramatically improving feminine trails and representation and entertainment targeting children 11 and under. Uh, before um, joining the Jenna, Jenna Davis Institute, Denona Held a number of executive positions um, from many, many organizations, um, including Anchor Bay Entertainment, Stars Media, Nielsen Entertainment, the Har- Hallmark Channel, and Universal Studios Home Video. I'm thrilled to have Madeline on today to talk about what we can do. Uh, to help create change uh, when it comes to female portrayals in film and TV and to talk about some of the research that the Institute has uncovered. So more from Purse Strings when we return after the break.
0: Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers.
2: I'm John Ball. And I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and -and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com.
3: And a
4: There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game.
3: And that's the ball game.
4: Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi.
2: Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Affiliate Marketing Today, since 2004. The best source for affiliate marketing news, views, and education. Your source for getting the most out of your affiliate marketing strategies. Affiliate Marketing Today, on demand anytime, inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm.
0: First strings is back with the inside track on today's woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan.
1: It's programming arm C Jane. Ms. Denona has been working for permanent change in children's entertainment and media. She's been in media and marketing for more than thirty years and has really uh, been using her knowledge to improve feminine portrayals, especially in entertaining, entertainment targeting children 11 and under. We know that Gina Davis Institute is known for its groundbreaking research studies and in fact has produced more than 18 of those studies revealing a long-standing epidemic of gender inequality and stereotyping of women in film and television. So today we're going to be talking about uh, the issues facing us when it comes to the feminine images in film and TV and what we can do as a consumer to help bring about more change. Madeline, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you, Maria, and I'm delighted to be on the show with you and to speak to your listeners.
1: Oh, well, I know they're in for a treat today. This is a topic that we talk a lot about on Purse rings is how uh, women are viewed both um, inside the workplace and outside the workplace. And a lot of times we know that the images that we see in media help shape the perceptions of women in real life. But before we get into that, I know the story behind why Gina Davis established her institute is a pretty fascinating one. I think one that many of us who are moms can certainly connect with, um, especially when we're watching TV with our kids. Would you mind briefly sharing it on her
3: behalf today? It's my pleasure. Most people know Gina as an Academy Award-winning actor, and have seen her play the first female president on TV. But it was truly as a mom and a very personal experience that her observations led her to take action and create the Institute. And what happened is, like most moms, she was watching programming with her daughter, who at the time was two years old. And they'd watch preschool shows, and they'd watch kids videos and movies. And what struck Gina as being so odd is that she didn't see any female characters in the shows that she was watching. And if there was a female character, for the most part, she was hypersexualized, sidelined, didn't really have much to do. And it was shocking to Gina because as an actor in Hollywood, of course she knew how difficult it is for women to find good roles, but she thought with programs, programs targeting our youngest children that there would be an abundance of female and male characters. And it was a, a result because of that that she started mentioning it to friends. And she'd say, had few seen that movie that only had one female character, and her "No, I really didn't notice it." And then when she'd go on meetings in Hollywood, she'd say, "Hey, did you notice there are so female, female you know, so few female characters in such and such movie or TV show?" And they said, "No, that's been fixed." And they'd name one or two terrific female characters that had been in a film, but it was only one female character. So the takeaway for Gina was that one female character represented the whole gender, but in fact, we're 51%. And it was mm-hmm. a, as a result of that, that she uh, she needed to get the data to prove out her theory.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and prove it out she has done over and over again. I know since uh, it's, uh, conception in 2004. The Institute has been committed to doing exactly that, that research that spotlights gender inequality and stereotyping. And uh, like I said before in the intro, more than 18 of them have been done. Uh, What have been some of the highlights of your research efforts that you believe have actually made an impact on furthering the Institute's objectives, even though we know change has been slow?
3: First of all, identifying the issue having the quantitative data and the research findings to present the issue, and then to frame a conversation, a very collegiate conversation and collaborative uh, conversation with the leading content creators in Hollywood. When we put the facts in front of them, first of all, they're shocked Mm -hmm. because for most of the content creators in Hollywood, they always think about diversity. They think about, could a character be changed from, you know, one uh, one type of character or another to African American, to Asian, to Hispanic, but they've never had a conversation around could a male character be changed to the female. So they're actually very astonished by the research. So it's been very helpful to them to know what the facts are Because then it allows them to think about what are the projects that they may be developing and how could they change that gender imbalance? How could they add more female characters? How could they add more female characters that had speaking roles? How could they balance the environment, the universe of a TV show or a family film to show that it's 50% female? So this is how we've been able to help them and that they've been able to uh, use this information and actually make changes to their project.
1: Well, and, and that kind of leads into my next question is, do you feel like change is really happening? And it certainly sounds like you've raised the consciousness a great deal. Um, especially in Hollywood, where a lot of these images are generated and a lot of the, the opportunities come forth from Hollywood. So it sounds like consciousness has been raised. Do you feel like that it's being instituted at a greater degree, that the roles are more prolific now, and that the kind of roles that um, you feel are aptly portraying women?
3: We feel that there is a long way to go, and there has been very little change in the 20-some-odd years that we've been collecting data. So statistically, we believe when we update our research in 2015, we will see the needle move. Right now, if you look at a comparison of family films, primetime programs, and children's shows, it's about a third. So in family films, only 28 of the family films have female characters. Primetime does, um, does the best job, actually, in entertainment. It's about 38.9 percent, and kids' shows about 30.8 percent. Preschool shows do the best job, and they're almost at parity. But overall, when you look at it statistically, we still need a lot more to happen. However, because we do learn and hear about some specific examples from writers and producers and directors, we decided to do a qualitative study. And we surveyed a few hundred uh, of the leading content creators. And we said to them, you've always told us that you're going to use information over 90 98%. You've told us that you're going to share it with your other colleagues. But can you tell us now, how have you actually used it? And what we learned is 68% of the people surveyed said they had changed two or more projects, and 41% said they had changed four or more projects. And when we asked them, well, what did you change? They said, well, I hired more female crew. I took some non-speaking characters who, and made them female and gave them some dialogue. I, uh, I have added, you know, more female characters uh, to the background. I've actually uh, dehypersexualized them. I've given them jobs, a career, as part, of the, as part of the project. So there were numerous ways that they were changing their movie and TV projects based on our findings.
1: Mm-hmm that's fantastic. You've got to feel good about that. I do think it's surprising to people to find out that their roles just aren't there at the numbers that one would think, considering that we are 51% of the population and we make almost you know, dollar for dollar um, what a lot of, of men do, at least when it comes to bringing home the bacon, if you will. Um, but there's clearly still some resistance. Why do you think that we're not making such fast progress. I mean, clearly we are making some progress, but why is it so slow?
3: There's a few reasons. First of all, the United States is probably responsible for five to 700 films. An animated feature film could take three to five years. TV pilots come and go. We always read about how many pilots uh, don't even make it uh, to full production. So when you think about the time and the life cycle from inception to marketplace, it's a very long time. And for us, we really need to reach people and impact them when they're in the early development stages, when they're in the script stage. So that's one reason. Another reason is that it's a male-dominated industry. When we looked at the ratio of male to female behind the camera, in family films, it's a ratio of about 4.88 to 1. It's almost Mm. 5 to 1. And if you think about people writing what they know, people producing what they know, people telling stories that they know that are authentic to them, then it's no surprise if there's a ratio of 5 to 1 in terms of males to females, why we're not seeing at the inception projects with many female protagonists. On a positive note, one of the things that we did notice with regard to family films is that if there is the presence of a female scriptwriter, that we did see a ten percent increase in on screen roles. So that mm-hmm. supports the data point about writing what you know. So mm-hmm. we just need to get a lot more women in the driver's seat behind the scenes that can create the role for women on screen.
1: Mm-hmm. That's very interesting, that linkage. Um, do you know how, how the industry has kept pace with making sure that women have those kinds of roles behind the scenes? I mean, is, it, is are we doing much better than, say, we were back in the 1970s? I mean, I, the reason I ask is I, I read the book uh, about the Mary Tyler Moore Show and how it was created and the fact that they hired one of the very first female writers for that show. And, um, and so I, I know that there was a dearth of female writers 30 years ago. Have, has progress been made there? Are, are they at, at higher numbers than, say, maybe what we're seeing of women being portrayed on screen?
3: In terms of physical production uh, in feature films... Uh, female directors have been in a single-digit number for decades. So that has been very slow. There are more producers and writers, uh, you know, 20%, 13%. In terms of television, uh, you have a higher percentage of women behind the scenes in television that will hit 20 25%. But that goes up and down depending on what's being developed for the season. So in terms of physical production, content creation, uh, development, we have a long way to go. When you look at the executive suite, I would say you have a lot more women in executive positions. You have a lot more women heading um, studios. You have a lot more women driving uh, the business in terms of, you know, the television industry. So there has been uh, progress in that arena. We just, need to have that happen behind the camera so that we can get more of those on-screen roles.
1: And it's just not about just on-screen roles. I mean, I, I know it's been talked about a lot about once you reach a certain age, roles for women just aren't there, or at least not quality roles for women. Do you still feel like we're seeing a drop in those viable roles once women reach 40? And if so, why that still is the case? Is a lot of the same rules apply? Not enough women of that age writing for women of that age. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that?
3: Well, there's just a dearth of female presence overall, and mm-hmm. clearly it does impact, you know, women over 40, and it's for all the reasons that we've been discussing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So they all kind of come into play. It's not that just women over 40 are seeing a dearth. It's a, it's a dearth across the board. And I know you specifically have been driving efforts to improve female portrayals and entertainment that target children ages 11 and under, you've already talked a little bit about some progress that's been made there. But, but in general, why focus on younger children at those younger ages?
3: If you think about the idea of us all having unconscious bias, and of course that comes into play when you think about executive leads, hiring and all kinds of decisions, as adults, we bring all of that unconscious bias with us. So, if you're able to impact, influence, shape the cultural beliefs and behaviors and socialization of young children, you can change the world far quicker. And that's why Gina decided to focus on children 11 and under, so that they could see a world of endless possibilities. They could see a world where boys and girls can appreciate each other's stories.
1: Mm-hmm. And then they come to expect and demand similar portrayals as they mature as well, uh, I'm sure.
3: Absolutely. absolutely.
1: Well, we're going to take a quick break, Madeline, and when we come back, I want to talk about the other two things that the Institute is taking on, education and advocacy, as well as what listeners today can do to assist you and the Institute in demanding change. More from Madeline Denono when we return after the break.
0: Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers.
4: Let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking. Inside and out and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Come visit us at AdTech New York, booth number 738. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. It's time to get
2: Fired Up. Fired Up is a show that delivers both business impact and social importance. Our host, Gordon Rudell, will share ideas on how to create higher returns on your communication investments by engaging the people who matter most. Fired Up with Gordon Rudell, on demand, anytime, inside the Culture and Business Channel,
0: only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's woman. Here's your host, Maria Ritan.
3: Welcome back to the show. I've been talking
1: today with Madeline DiNono, Executive Director of the Gina Davis Institute and its programming arm, C. Jane, and we've been talking about the Institute's Uh, efforts in trying to change um, the portrayals of women in film and TV and really fighting the epidemic of gender equality and stereotyping. And we've been talking about kind of the slow change. There has been change, but slow change and some of the reasons behind that in large part because women need to be more behind the scenes and writing those those roles for women. Um, And that's just not always the case. Uh, We are seeing progress though, Madeline, and I know it's not just about the research, but the Institute is also focused on education and advocacy. Can you speak to some recent work you've undertaken in those other two areas?
3: Absolutely. In the education arena, we wanted to translate our research findings into curriculum and materials that parents and teachers could use with children. There's one program that we're particularly proud of called Guess Who? And it was developed in partnership with uh, PBS and ITBS and CPD and their Women and Girls Lead uh, campaign. And what we did is we approached five colleges, and we asked those student film producers to look at our research and to come up with a concept or an educational video for children six and nine to teach them to challenge gender stereotypes. And we did that for two reasons. One, we wanted to engage and educate the next generation of content creators and then also we wanted to have a great educational video for children but we wanted to see how these college students who hadn't heard of our work would approach it and Mm -hmm. so that resulted in a children's educational video series and curriculum called Get Who, and it's on our website and PBS also aired these spots across nationally on on television and so we're very proud um, of that program, and it's available for free, and teachers can download the curriculum as well as the videos. And that's been uh, very, very successful for us so far in the educational realm.
1: That's very exciting, and I, I would encourage people to go to your site um, to do exactly that. And is that the Sea Jane site, Madeline?
3: Yeah, so if they go to www.cjane.org and click on Education, they'll find all of our educational materials.
1: Well, that's fabulous. And I know educators are always looking for great material, and so I would encourage anyone listening today to pass that along to a teacher you know. In the meantime, I know the Institute has also hosted um, symposiums on the topic of gender inequality, which I'm sure goes a long way in both the education and advocacy uh, portion of the three-legged stool that you have there at the Institute. I saw the last one was nearly a year ago. When is the next one coming up and what do you anticipate being the hot topic of that symposium?
3: We're very excited that we will have the results from the first ever global gender in film study. As you know, we've done many, many studies. We have the largest body of research on media in America. We know that the United States is probably responsible for 70 to 80 percent of the media that's consumed overseas. So we're exporting these negative gender stereotypes. Mm -hmm. No one has ever studied gender images in global film. There's a lot of work that has been done from from, some colleagues of ours on children's international television, but not film. So we're very excited. We're in the middle of analyzing the top ten theatrical box office growth in countries, and we're going to investigate the gender images. And that study and those findings will be presented next fall. And we're very excited because we don't know if the United States is doing a better job, a worse job. Is there another major country out there that's doing a great job? No one knows because the data doesn't exist.
1: Mm. That That is extremely exciting. And so that will be revealed at the symposium next fall, 2014. That is correct. Wow, that's fantastic. And I had no idea that American... Uh, made media actually comprise seventy to eighty percent of global media that is significant i mean I knew we were a major contributor to that but that's that 's really huge so our Images are perpetuating stereotyping across the globe. Something to be so proud of, Madeline, I suppose. Um, but I am excited to hear about the results of the, the Global Gender and Film Study. Congratulations on getting that fielded, and we look forward to hearing the results of that next fall. Which leads me to how can we help you? I know many people listening today probably have a heart for this, knowing that this show is all about empowering women and marketing to women. So you've got a captive audience. How can they assist you in the Institute in demanding change and, and hopefully change that happens much more quickly than it has the last 30 years?
3: Well, of course, we'll never shy away from donations uh, because <laughs> we have to raise all the funding ourselves. And a lot of people like research, but a lot of institutions don't like to fund research. So. We rely wholly on the donations we receive. However, for parents and caretakers out there, uh, it's very important that they watch what their children are watching and if they tend to watch with them. And it's very important to have a dialogue with your children because with the use of mitigating language, they could dispel any type of... negative negative imagery, and it's really, really important. So we would say, watch what your children are watching with them. Uh, And then uh, the second thing is uh, spread the word. Join our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. Um, You know, we are solely solely dependent not only on the donations but on building a community out there and to having a lot of citizen journalists out there that can share our work and our message mhm and
1: what what is your twitter twitter handle madeline
3: it's at g d i g m
1: great at g d i g m and then, of course, you said Facebook. And, of course, you can go to cjane.org and get all great information there, along with the, the Guess Who programming that was seen on PBS and is also available on that site. Madeline, thank you for all your efforts and what you've been doing to try to change perceptions of women in film and TV. And we look very much forward to hearing the results of your Global Gender and Film study coming out next year. And it's just been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for making time today.
3: Thank you, and I hope you'll invite me back.
1: I absolutely will. You can guarantee next fall I'll be asking for you to come back on to talk about the results of that study. And to everyone listening today, again, go to cjane.org, follow um, the Institute on Twitter, and check out the Facebook page. And please join me right here for another edition of Purchasing next Tuesday at 3. Until then, make it a great one.